Well, good morning and welcome to First NSB. How's everybody doing today? All right, I'm glad. 8.30, we got some enthusiasm in this service. Good, that's good. Well, welcome. It is great to be with you here on this Easter Sunday morning at First NSB. This is my 13th Easter at First NSB. So, um, thank you, thank you. Um, but anyway, so as I think about that, um, I, I was thinking about our, our drummer today is our drummer Matt's 16th birthday. So, uh, happy birthday to Matt. He probably already stepped out, but I'll, I'll, I got two more shots to catch him, right? So, um, anyway, so um, happy birthday to Matt, and uh, it's great to be gathered. You know, I, I agree with Pastor Michael about, uh, you know, you think about it, he said two years, two years since we've been together on an Easter Sunday, because last year was a weird kind of an Easter, right? I mean, it wasn't weird in the sense that the message was any different. The message was the same. Jesus is alive. Amen? But what was different about it was we weren't gathered together in this space, right? We weren't in this place together. And so it was just a different kind of an experience. In fact, I was all by myself sitting in my office looking at a camera. And uh, it wasn't that my family wasn't there. It's just I don't think they would have wanted to be on the camera as well. But anyways, it is great to be with all of you today. And for those of you joining us online, it's great to have you with us as well. Well, let me tell you this. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the Bible tells us the truth about the world, tells us the truth about, about reality. I believe that I was created in the image of God and that my value as a person has nothing to do with my gender, nothing to do with my skin color, nothing to do with my ability or my position or my influence. My value as a person is because I am created in the image and likeness of God. And that's true for every other person that's here today as well, that we are valuable because God made us. God created us with value, with worth. I believe that I'm a sinner. In fact, the Bible says we've all sinned. The Bible says that all we like sheep have, have gone astray. I believe I need a Savior. And I believe His name is Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sins, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day. And today, on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate what those women heard when they went to the tomb that morning. The question was asked of them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here for He has risen. Amen? He is risen indeed. So I believe in His death. I believe in His burial. I believe in His resurrection. And so I stand here this morning a sinful man, but a saved man. Saved not because of anything I have done, but saved because of what Jesus has done. 
Jesus is my hope for today, for tomorrow, for eternity. Jesus was the Apostle Peter's hope. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you're joining us uh, on property, you can look uh, in front of you underneath one of the chairs. And if you will locate one of those Bibles, it's page 588 in that chair Bible. Page 588. We're in 1 Peter chapter 1. You know, probably everybody here is dealing with something. Is that fair? I mean, I probably could take the word probably out of that and I could just say everyone here is dealing with something. Now, it might be a little thing or it might be a big thing. There might be a few things or there might be many things. Right, but there's not one person in this worship center, there's not one person who's joining us online who's living the problem-free life. Right? Is, is anybody, is anybody want to say, well, hang on, preacher, I'm actually living that life. I just need to let you know right now. Anybody living that problem-free life? Everything is perfect all the time. You never have any issues. Okay, so if you're like me, you're not living the problem-free life. So we have things we deal with. We have things we struggle with. We have things that, that, that trip us up. We have things that, that can frustrate us. Nobody here is living a perfect life. So, so here, here's what I want you to hear. Whatever you're dealing with, right? whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in my life, right? maybe you've got a marriage problem, Right, your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe you're having some other kind of problem in the home. Maybe you're struggling in your finances or maybe you're having all kinds of conflict at work or you're battling some kind of an addiction. You're dealing with some kind of sin and you just keep losing the battle against that sin, that temptation. You just keep giving into it. And you're facing the consequences of that sin. Listen to me. Jesus is our only hope. And so on this Resurrection Sunday, on, on this Easter Sunday, we remind ourselves that Jesus is our hope. And maybe this morning, for some of you, it's going to be a new discovery. My hope is that the God of heaven would open your eyes to see, to understand, to believe that Jesus is your hope. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Here's what Peter says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, Kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy 
that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Pray with me. Father, we pray that you'd help us to see that Jesus is our hope. God, may you help me to proclaim your truth. God, may you help us to respond in Jesus' name. Amen. So Peter was one of the apostles, right? You can read about Peter in the four Gospels. I mean, Peter is a major, major character. In fact, Peter, along with his brother Andrew, they were fishing one day, and Jesus comes along and he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Peter was a fisher of fish, and when Jesus invited Peter to follow him, Jesus was saying to Peter, I am going to transform you into a person who fishes for people. Peter was invited to join Jesus in his mission. In fact, you see Peter on on special occasions in the Gospels. He was a part of Jesus' so-called inner circle. He was with Jesus on the mountain that day that Jesus was brilliantly transformed. The, the transfiguration when Moses and Elijah appeared. Peter was there. Peter is the man that after Jesus was arrested, when Peter was asked about his association with Jesus, he denied him three times. But Peter is the man who, after Jesus had been raised from the dead and after Jesus had ascended into heaven... On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the church, Peter was the man who stood up and boldly and unashamedly proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus. So Peter is is writing this letter. He knows that Jesus is his hope. And let me share with you some truth from this text. Now, I think that this text is a theologically dense text. I just think there's a lot here, and and we are not going to exhaust this text this morning. We're just not. But I want to share some truth with you from this text. Here's the first thing I want you to notice. God is worthy of praise. So at the beginning of this letter, Peter Praises or blesses God. So notice it, verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were made to praise God. Right? We, we were created for God's glory. The, the book of Psalms, which is filled with the praise of God, the very last verse of the very last psalm, Psalm 150, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We were created to praise God. Our God is worthy of praise. On this Easter Sunday, our God is worthy of everything that we can offer Him today. Everything. He's worthy of of us singing. He's worthy of us praying. He's worthy of us bowing down before Him. He's worthy of us deciding today that we're going to obey Him in all areas of our life. He is worthy of our finances. He is worthy of our time. Our God is worthy of praise and glory and honor. 
Now, there's lots of reasons for us to praise God. I praise God that I'm here today. For those of you that didn't know, I got sick. Hadn't planned on that. That wasn't on my calendar of things to do, but unfortunately it happened. And um, doing well. My wife's doing well. Kids are doing well. But um, I, I want to say thank you. Thank you to God first and foremost, but thank you to God for my church family. Right? This is an awesome church family that I'm a part of because when I tested positive for COVID, our church family was, was very supportive, you know, with, with text messages and phone calls and emails and cards and, and reaching out and, and my community group. What a great community group. I mean, our community group, they came by and they, they brought food to us in abundance, probably too much. Um, there was like absolutely no risk of starvation, right? And, and I, I certainly did not lose my appetite, you know? I mean, I might have been sick, but I was still wanted to eat. So there, there was absolutely no risk of starvation. So our community group was awesome. Uh, so thank you to our community group. Thank you to our church family. Uh, thank you to our team because, as you know, some of our team was out. We were sick. Uh, but the other team members, uh, some of them stood up, and we really appreciate them doing that. And I appreciate Michael. Uh, what a blessing Michael Stovall has been to the First NSB Church family. So he did an excellent job last week. Appreciate him. So you think about these things like God has blessed us, right? There's so many things to, to bless God for. There's so many things to, to praise God for, right? I mean, there are innumerable blessings. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Or as the hymn teaches us, count your blessings, name them one by one. Right, just, just take a little bit of an inventory and, and see what God has done. Peter opens this letter. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he's specific. And, and in, in his specificity, he, he identifies something specifically that God has done. And as we jump into that, let me also add this. God is merciful. God is merciful. Notice after he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says this in verse 3, according to his great mercy. This is one of the incredible truths about God we discover in the scripture. God is merciful. He's merciful. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is merciful. In fact, here's what Jesus taught his followers. He taught his disciples. He said, be merciful even as your father is merciful. So Peter says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, according to his great mercy, God is merciful he has caused us to be born again. So God has given us new life. So specifically, the reason for Peter blessing God is that God, as a display of His incredible mercy, has given us new life. He's caused us to be born again. Now, Paul says this to Titus. 
He says, God saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness. Remember, I told you I'm a, a sinful man, but I'm a saved man. And it's not because of anything I've done, but it's because of what Jesus has done. Well, here's what Paul is saying to Titus. He's saying that God saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His mercy. Here's what Paul says to the Ephesians. He says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Church, apart from Jesus, we are spiritually dead. Go back, read Ephesians chapter 2, those first verses. We were dead in our sins. Apart from Jesus, we don't have hope. Apart from Jesus, we don't have spiritual life. Apart from Jesus, we are separated or alienated from God. But God gives us new birth or new life through Jesus. As an incredible display of His mercy, God has caused us to be born again. Remember Jesus told Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, He says, unless... A person is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Paul told the Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So God has given us new life. And church, we have, as a result of this, a living hope. So Peter says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we have hope that's alive. Right? We've got hope that's alive, not just for today on this Easter Sunday at First NSB, but we have hope. Hope that is alive for tomorrow morning, Monday morning, when you get up and you go back to work. We have hope that's alive when you go back to school tomorrow. We have hope that's alive when you go back into your workplace, when you go back into your home, when you go back into that difficult environment. We have hope that's alive for today and for forever. We have hope at death. You know, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me, even if He dies, yet shall He live. We have hope at death. We have hope for eternity. Sam Storms writes this, Our hope is living in the sense that it is productive and fruitful and fertile. Ours is a hope that has the power to change how we live. It is alive because its focus and object is real and unchanging and true and rock solid. You know, sometimes we use the word hope to express what we wish would be the case. Like, I hope we're going to have nice weather. I hope I don't get sick on vacation. 
I hope my team wins the big one. It's an expression of our desire, but there's some uncertainty in there. You see, the hope that Jesus gives us is a certainty. The hope that Jesus provides for us is something that is a guarantee. Our hope is certain. Jesus is our hope. But not only do we have a living hope, we also have an inheritance. So it's not just that we've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, but also, he says in verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So our inheritance is eternal. Our inheritance is secure. It cannot be stolen. It cannot be lost. It is kept in heaven for us. Now, when you think about an inheritance, you might inherit something from a grandparent. You might inherit something from a parent or from a loved one. And whatever it is you inherit, whether it's money or whether it's some kind of, a, of, of an object, or whether it's a house, or it's something else, whatever it is you inherit, it does have an expiration date. Right? It's not eternal. But unlike what we inherit from loved ones, what we have from God as God's children is an inheritance that is imperishable, that is undefiled, that is unfading, that is kept in heaven for us. What awaits us in heaven will last forever. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus gives us hope. Peter blesses God, he praises God because as a display of God's incredible mercy, God has given us new life. He has brought us into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The fact that Jesus has been raised is what gives us this living hope. And we have this incredible inheritance that is being kept in heaven for us. He says we're being shielded by God's power, or he actually uses the word guarded in the ESV here, that by God's power we're being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Jesus gives us hope. And Paul speaks of this hope. He, he like Peter, understands that, that Jesus is our hope. In fact, here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. He says, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Christ's resurrection from the dead gives us hope for our own future resurrection from the dead. Christ's new life gives us hope for our new life. Here's what Paul said to the Thessalonians. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, 
about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. Now, he's writing about those who have died. And he doesn't want the believers in Thessalonica to be uninformed about the spiritual status of believers that have died. And here's what he says. He says, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Do we believe that? That Jesus died? That Jesus rose again? Here's what Paul says. Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. Did you hear that? He says, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep, those that have died. Falling asleep is a way of talking about death. He says, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Jesus gives us hope. His death on a cross for our sins gives us hope. His victorious resurrection from the dead gives us hope. His promise that He will one day return, that He will one day come again, gives us hope. Church, we have hope. There's nothing too big. Nothing too scary. There's nothing too complicated. There's nothing too messed up for our God to handle. We have hope. And church, Easter is about the hope we have in Jesus. I've never seen Jesus before. You've never seen Jesus before. I want you to hear what Peter says. Verses 8 and 9. He says, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. You agree with that? Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Church, we haven't seen the risen Jesus. But we love Him. And we believe in Him. Did you know most believers throughout history? They didn't see the risen Jesus. And yet, they loved Him. And they believed in Him. But as we open these Bibles, remember I told you at the outset, I believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And as the Word of God, it is true. 
And when you take the Bible and you turn in your Bible to the New Testament and you read those first four books, we call them Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You turn to Matthew 28, you turn to Mark 16, you turn to Luke 24, you turn to John 20. And you read the story about what happened early in the morning on the first day of the week. What you discover is that Jesus, after He had died on the cross, after He had been buried, after He had been raised from the dead, He appeared to lots of people. And according to the Gospels, the first ones that Jesus appeared to were women. They were given this incredible privilege of being the first to encounter the risen Jesus. And when you take this same Bible and you open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says this to the church at Corinth. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here's what Paul is, is delivering. He didn't make it up. It didn't originate with him. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here it is. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, then He appeared to James, and to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. God's word tells us that after Jesus was raised from the dead, that he appeared to women, he appeared to the apostles, he appeared to a group of 500 believers at one time, most of whom were still alive when Peter, or when Paul rather, wrote 1 Corinthians. The Gospel of John records an incident where Jesus appeared to His disciples. And He invited His disciples to look at His hands and to look at His side. Evidently, His resurrection body still had the evidence of crucifixion on it. Evidently, in His hands, you could still see the, the marks of the nails. Evidently, in His side, you could still see the, the mark of the spear that the soldier thrust into His side. But one of those disciples, Thomas, wasn't there when Jesus was present. When Jesus showed up. Talk about missing out. And here's what Thomas said when, when he heard from the others, we have seen the Lord. Thomas said, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas saw the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I have not seen Him. And you have not seen Him. But Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Church, we haven't seen the risen Jesus, but we love Him. We don't see Him now and we believe in Him. This Easter Sunday, I want to invite you to see Jesus as your hope. I, I, I want to encourage you to, to respond to the risen Jesus. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but your journey starts here. And maybe for you, your journey is to keep on going forward with Jesus, to, to keep pressing forward in obedience. You're a believer. You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You have acknowledged your brokenness before the God of heaven. You've acknowledged your sinfulness. You've repented of your sin. You've put your faith in the risen Jesus. Maybe today your decision is, I'm going to keep walking with Jesus. I'm going to keep living for Jesus where I live and work and play. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've kind of been on and off with Jesus over the years. You've paid lip service to Jesus. You've said you believe, but your lifestyle gives no evidence that you believe. Your actions, your behavior, the decisions that you're making, the way you're living your life, the, your priorities, it gives no evidence whatsoever that Jesus, the risen Jesus, is the Lord of your life. Would you turn to Him today? Would you fall on your knees before the risen Jesus? And will you confess Him as Lord and confess Him as Satan? Maybe you're here this morning and you're not really sure if you believe. Maybe there's a, a bit of what Thomas said in you. Maybe you're thinking, hey, if I could just see if I could just have some empirical evidence. Let me invite you to hear what Jesus says. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. To hear what the Apostle Peter says. Even though you haven't seen him, you love him.
Even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. Believe that God loved you so much that he gave his only son, Jesus. This morning, if you will acknowledge your sin before God, if you will turn from that sin, this morning, if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ who died for your sins and was raised from the dead, he will save you. The number's on the screen. You just text the word decision. 386-777-1417. Your journey starts here. If your decision is, you know what, I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. Text the word. 777-1417. If your decision today is, you know what, I have not been walking with Jesus. I have not been living for Jesus. Text us. Whatever God is leading you to do today, let's respond to him.